This is Glenn Crooks on Frame. I remember the first and the only time I had watched Richie Ledesma play before reporting to New York City in March. It was November the 16th, 2020, his first and only senior cap with the U.S. men's national team. He was a substitute in the 68th minute. That gave him time to assist on two Sebastian Soto goals in a friendly versus Panama. And I remember thinking... Man, this kid is good. Can't wait to see him a little bit more. A month later, at the age of 20, he started for PSV in their Europa League match against Ammonia Nicosia, ironically the current home of former city players Mixed Discarud and Ishmael Tajiri Shradi. Ledesma in that game tore his ACL, and it was a massive setback. On March the 19th of this year, he re-signed with PSV, who then loaned him to New York City. After training this past Thursday, head of City's match against FC Dallas, I sat down with Ledesma, who wants to get back into the national team picture, whether it's with the U.S. or Mexico. He'll talk about that at the end. Here now, our conversation. Richie, I, I, I would like to go back to your Phoenix days uh, and the developmental stage of uh, soccer. I mean, you... Um, uh, your parents are of Mexican descent, and I'm, uh, I don't want to just assume, but I, I would think that that's uh, played a role in your love for the game initially. Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. Ever since the first day I touched the, the ball with my dad, I still remember the day. Uh, six years old, we went to a park right across the street, and, yeah, and my dad made me fall, fall in love with the sport. And ever since, the, ever since that, it's just part of my life now. So... So you remember that day. So you go across the street, and uh, he's just got one ball. He's got a bag of balls. What, what was going on? Just one ball. One ball, and we just started passing the ball around. And, you know, I just ever since that, I just fell in love with the game. As you grew older and became uh, more serious about it, uh, who were your first influences there? My first influences, I want to say my dad and my uncle. They helped me become uh, the player I am today. I would go train with them every every day and, you know, even like clubs that I used to play with, uh, they also helped me, my coaches back then. And, you know, like I feel like that's a lot of credits to them to making me the player I am today. I worked for a long time in a community in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and a, a large Mexican population. And the one thing I noted, and it was unusual for the area, is um, there was just so much pickup going on. You know, yeah. it was just, and Sunday mornings or afternoons, it was always like a festival almost. Is that, no, yeah. is that what you remember growing up? No, yeah, I mean, I started off playing Sunday league with, with small, smaller clubs like Mexican little teams, you know, playing on Sundays, like you say, in the morning or in the afternoon or tournaments even. And that's where I got recognized by small little clubs, clubs in Arizona. And, you know, my career just took off from there. Yeah, and it went on to the the RSL Academy, which uh, here in the states was a, because of some of the people that have been produced, but a highly regarded academy. What are some of the things that you started learning there about the game? Again, as you continue to make progress, we, you've got skill. You know, there, you, you've you've played in these um, different environments where maybe it wasn't quite as organized as now yeah. you're going to have to be. No, yeah, I mean. Uh, when I went to Real Salt Lake Academy, it was a different environment, obviously. It was a more professional environment, I want to say. And for me, it was something new that I had to work on my physique. I had to, you know, do a lot of things to become uh, a better player. And they helped me a lot physically and, and my game technically and, you know, me turning and, you know, 
driving that players uh, they helped me a lot with that also and I feel like it's just determination at the end of the day and and I did that and I put my head down and worked and you know yeah, I got I made it so turning and driving I want to get to that in a moment because I think that was uh, uh, what was uh, evident uh, in your starting debut for New York City FC against Nashville was was just that but before we get to New York City uh, PSV and in March you, you re-signed with them which uh, you know, congratulations I know that's a that's a big deal for <laughs> you uh, but you were involved in their youth program a little bit too yeah now you're taking another step and when I think Dutch I think 4-3-3 you're a midfielder so it's you're either the 6-8 or 10 is is that pretty much the way it was instructed no yeah the way you said it was perfect I mean yeah I came from the academy I went to the academy under 19s and I worked with uh, Ruud Vanisser which is a coach now at under 19s and you know I I had him as a coach and you know he helped, he helped me part of my game a lot also when I was under I played like five games under him and after that, I just went directly to second team of PSV. And, you know, I wasn't really a starter in the beginning. And after, like, six games, I made my start. I started starting games with second team. And, you know, that uh, helped my confidence a lot. And, yeah, I mean, you know, I, within a year and a half, I went to the first team. And, you know, ever since I, I mean, I had a big injury with my ACL and my knee. And, you know, the injuries happen, you know, but there's always a step back to come back stronger the, the next year or no next season. No question. I want to get back to Van Nistelrooy because he's one of my favorite players to watch uh, over the years that I've observed the game. Can you uh, describe some of the things that you took away from him? I mean, he was a goal scorer, so I don't, I don't know how much time you spent with him like yeah. finishing, but uh, he, uh, he was legit. No, yeah, he was, he was legit. Even in training sometimes, uh, he would just join, and it was just incredible to see, you know, just watching him do that. Even at his age now, it's it's not normal for me, at least. I've never seen anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a great player and a great person and a great coach for sure. Did he, um, if, you could, if anything that you can remember that you took away from him that, uh, you know, is still something that, you know, maybe something happens on the training pitch and you went, ooh, you know, the, the light bulb goes off. That's what the Van Nistelrooy had said. Were, were there any things that, that stuck out about uh, his instruction or his aura or whatever it might have been? For me, it's his mentality he, he always had. Like, even as a coach, I mean, I can imagine as a player also, but as a coach, uh, it just his winning mentality was just amazing and something that motivated me. So that's what I try to do every day on the pitch, even on training or even in the game, to just have that winning mentality no matter what. And did you know who he was when you got there? I of mean, course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I, I figure. Yeah, I, yeah. Of course. So My you're a student of the game? You're, you're, uh, <laughs> do you have a... Was there a, a team that you observed as a as a young boy that really uh, inspired you as well, the way they played, and Bar maybe a player too? We'll go team and then player. Oh yeah, I think Barcelona when I was when they had that Xavi Iniesta, Sergio Busquets. Uh, I feel like that was the best for me. Uh, so what, you're like 10, 11 years yeah, old? Yeah, something so like that, yeah. yeah. I was like around that age. And then obviously my father, my dad told me about the older like Real Madrid, like Vanessa, Roy Barca, you know, like all those players. And and I looked them up on YouTube one day and I looked them up. And that's how I know about Ruud Vanessa, obviously. And it was just amazing, you know. But like I said, like my favorite player is uh, Iniesta. Well, like, just by everyone else, uh, no one compares to him for sure. And you have a similar role on the teams you play in, right? Is that uh, do you kind of model yourself, your game after him? 
I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I played like him, but yeah, I tried to, you know, be similar to him, like in his decision making and his calmness on the ball and the turning and all the passing he does is just amazing to me for sure. Richie Ledesma, our guest, the uh, newest New York City FC member. So you um, are loaned to New York City. Is, is this a, a location or a destination that made sense to you because of the way they play? I mean, again, if we go back to PSV, we go back to the way you like to play. I mean, how, how can you talk us through a little bit about how it all came about? No, I mean, when I heard about the rumors, when my agent told me about the rumors, I, I was excited because I wanted to play. And, you know, and when I saw that you guys played similar to the way we play at PSV, I was I was buzzing to come here and as fast as I could. And, and for me, it's just the way you guys have possession of the ball and try to keep it and just to create chances for your forwards and your midfielders or your wingers, anything like that. And that's what really made me made me come here to play here you know to have that same chemistry as I had over there at PZ same formation and everything like that so for sure that was one of the reasons I came here because playing style yeah and for many of us the only time I had seen you and I watched it live was that one appearance with the U.S. men's national team we're going back to I guess 2020 right But you had a, you, you played like a half hour. You had a couple of assists, and I remember thinking, "Wow!" And I know there's been an injury since, and trying to you know earn your minutes back. But uh, what I remember is a dynamic player out of the midfield. Is that what you like to really feature when you play? No, yeah, yeah. When I made my debut, when I try to show myself, obviously to to, I mean, everyone's watching, so I try to show everyone that what I can do, and that's me driving and crossing and passing the ball you know trying to be just smooth and for me that's just like very important to me national team is just so important to me you know because it's meaningful you know and it means something to my family you know it's something that motivates me to keep going you know so yeah for sure and your family is Mexican and uh, you were born in the States so you're uh, a dual national and there's always discussions about dual nationals (laughs) and your name is going to come back up now once you start getting regular minutes, most likely. So, w- w- how is that all going as far as uh, you know? There was a story in ESPN like a year ago saying uh, that you, you know, the, the rumor was you were committing to Mexico, and then, yeah. then you hear another thing about the U.S. So, how does that work in your head? No, I mean, like I said before to everyone else, uh, I still have the open the doors open for both both sides. I mean, I haven't made a final decision, and as you guys know, like I haven't been with national team, so we'll see what comes in the next months, I guess, and I'll make my decision my decision there. I, I'm assuming you were watching uh, USA Mexico, the uh, Wednesday night friendly, so there's got to be some interesting emotions going on since you're, you know, you've got, uh, you've got blood on both sides. No, yeah, it was for sure. It was a good game. Uh, and I, I watched it because uh, yeah, my, my teammate James Sands, you know, of course, uh, I had to support him and, you know, he played well. I think he was one of the best players on the pitch. But yeah, I mean, like you said, it was, an, um, it was a good game to watch. I mean, Mexico, USA, you can never go wrong by watching that game. It is quite a rivalry. And it's interesting that you're kind of on both sides of it, in, in a way, <laughs> in a, in way, a manner, yeah. right? Yeah, you're right. You know? Well, do you, can you 
at least kind of give an indication of how you will ultimately decide what will it be. Will, will it be something uh, that you feel in your heart? Um, obviously, maybe one uh, one national staff will desire you more than another. That could be a, a factor. What, what are going to be the factors for you? No, for me, it's just about making my decision what comes from my heart and obviously to talk with my family about my decision. I know they'll support me no matter who I choose or, or who I play for. So at the end of the day, it's up to me and to decide by, by my own. And finally, one, uh, one other thing uh, we learned about you is, if we didn't know, is that uh, you could strike a ball on a set piece. So you got an assist, your first uh, assist, your first goal contribution for New York City on the, uh, the Cheneau uh, full <laughs> volley uh, to make it 2-0, and it turned out to be the game-winning goal. Uh, <laughs> set that up for us because uh, uh, Nick Cushing earlier in the week had indicated that originally that was Brian Kufre that was supposed to get on the end of that. <laughs> no, yeah, it was supposed to be to Brian. And, you know, we worked at it in, in training. You know, even if it doesn't get there, it'll fall there to anyone who's there. And initially, Brian was open, so maybe if he would have let it go, Brian would have had a chance, an opportunity for a goal. But like you said, uh, I mean, I'm glad it got to Shana. He scored a great goal. You had a massive smile on your face, and it, I, I'm sure you were just happy for, for the goal, but it seemed like even uh, <laughs> it, it had another dimension to it or something. And mm -hmm. then I read later that Chanel gives you a hard time at training. So yeah. uh, you guys pretty close? No, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm close to everyone on the team. Um, I try to be at least. And But, yeah, it's just a, a funny thing that center back scores. I, for me, at least, I just think it's really funny, and especially Shannon, like you said, he gives me a hard time in training. But uh, I was smiling because I told Brian uh, that that was for him and that yeah, out of nowhere we just scored. And he was like, don't worry about it. Like, and we were just laughing on the field. So that's why I was laughing and smiling so much. <laughs> well, there were a lot of people shocked about the uh, Shino finish. So uh, <laughs> it's only his fifth career goal, and uh, I don't think any of us have seen him <laughs> score. I don't know if he's done it in training, but uh, certainly in a game, he's never come up with something like that. Uh, you and Santi Rodriguez on the field at the same time, and we saw it today and talked to Nick a little bit about the, the false nine and how you two can connect. Have you ever played in that sort of shape or system before? I suppose this is something that you'd like to rapidly make happen successfully, is that you and Santi getting together. No, I mean, uh, me and Santi get along on the pitch, even outside the pitch. And I feel like, um, you know, we have good chemistry, so I feel like if, that, if the coach makes that decision to, to make that decision to play with the false nine, I mean, uh, I wouldn't mind at all to play with Santi. He's a great player, amazing with his feet, technically he's there. And yeah, for me, it's an opportunity to get assists and goals from him. So at the end of the day, I have played the false nine before myself. So uh -huh. I'm pretty used to it. And if he puts me there, I don't mind going there either. So at the end of the day, if he can figure out to put us together, I mean, it's great for both of us and for the team. And you know, if we'll see what happens. Whether it's him or you there, it, it would seem like you're going to have opportunities to get closer to goal because if he, if he moves himself out of there, whether he's checking or drifting, you know that gives you an avenue to run through. Oh yeah, I'm for sure that takes a, a factor in the game also because we have to understand each other. If he's going to go out, I have to stay on top, you know. So we have to be communicating a lot, and that's what we do. And the good thing is that I know Spanish, and he he, he we speak like that. That's the the way we speak. And not even just speaking, we just just the rhythm of the game. We just understand each other good. So. I saw you chatting a little bit after the game. Were you discussing how it was all 
going or just happy about the win? Yeah. Uh, to to Santi. To Santi, yeah. no, I was just telling him that he played well, and I told him that he should have scored the chance he had in the game, and it was a really good chance he created himself, you know, so I was just giving him a hard time, <laughs> just like he gives me a hard time, so. And Chano, what's a specific Chano example of giving you a hard time? Uh, no, just like, like things in the locker room he says, like saying that I need to get bigger in the gym because I have a small body on, just like, I don't need the gym, Chino. just stuff like that, small little comments he makes to me, so yeah. That's Phoenix, Arizona native Richie Ledesma. He was named the man of the match in his first start with New York City against Nashville. His corner kick assist on Maxime Cheneau's goal ended up being the game winner. But beyond that, a central cog of the New York City attack. This is Glenn Crooks on Frame.